Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 is the number to be part of the conversation or send a message through our app chat. Now, we did have somebody just a moment ago uh, send us a message. So we uh, there was an accident on... Uh, there's an accident on uh, Evangeline at General Mouton, but according to Blaine on the app chat, uh, it is off the road in the double turning lane. It is currently presenting no issue for traffic, just a minor fender bender, it looks like. So traffic should be good there. Thank you, Blaine, for reaching out and letting us know. And of course, if you want to be part of the conversation, like I said, the app chat's a great place to do so. Go to the App Store, download the KPL News app, and you can be part of the conversation. Uh, right there. Now, it's Friday. Going to take a break from the politics. We got a, a couple stories to get to in the later part of the show, but uh, this week was a big week for Louisiana sports. And uh, Doug Ireland, who uh, is the Doug, you're the chairman of the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame? Yes, sir. Doug Ireland with the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame joining us. Uh, I've known Doug for years, and I'm glad to have him on the show once again because, like I said, you guys, uh, you've put out this year's class for the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, and there are some very big names in that class, including some names that are local here to the Lafayette area. So, uh, first of all, Doug, how are you doing? Loving life, man. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon in Natchitoches. Other than the Ryder Cup, I feel good about things. Well, that's a great way to be. Uh, and I, I need to get back up there. I, I need to go through, I, have, I haven't been through the sports hall of fame, uh, in a couple years. I need to go and, and take another walk through it. It's a beauty. If, if anybody listening has, if you've been to Nash, but you haven't been to Louisiana sports hall of fame, I highly recommend that you guys take the trip because it is a beautiful building. It's got a ton of great exhibits. Uh, and there are of course, a lot of local legends in the museum that are honored, and this year's class is no exception. Doug, who are all you guys inducting? <laughs> well, you know, every year you think about what goes on in Louisiana sports, and we never have uh, anything but a very uh, challenging task ahead of us as, as a selection committee. 40 people from around Louisiana, 35 uh, Louisiana Sports Rights Association members, uh, two Louisiana Sports Hall of Famers, Kevin Falk from right there, in Acadiana was one of those folks this year. Uh, so was Eddie Delahousse from right there in Acadiana. He was on the selection process this year. And, and, and then we have three Hall of Fame Foundation board members of, who also are from around the state who participate. And, and it, it comes down to wading through 149 names from 28 different sport categories and trying to identify eight or nine who are – the cream of the crop. Well, this year is a little easier at the top. Drew Brees, you don't really need to say anything else, right? No, that's that's Drew that's Brees, a... first year of eligibility, and the former Saints quarterback, one of the great players in pro football history, uh, went in by acclamation. There was no question. Mm-hmm. Simone Augustus, you know, if she was a football player, she'd be almost on the level of Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. As a women's basketball player from high school to college at LSU to professional basketball both uh, in the WNBA and overseas and three times an Olympic gold medalist for the United States 
you, you, can, you can hardly do better than that. I can't imagine, in fact, that you can do better than that. Mm-hmm. And then somebody that's near and dear to the uh, Lafayette and Acadiana community from Northside High School, Daniel Cormier. Yeah. What a great wrestler, incredible wrestler. And then became one of the transcendent stars in mixed martial arts and is still you know, at the forefront of that sport uh, today as a television commentator and a uh, media member um, and just a presence in that sport. He's, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's the Babe Ruth of that sport because I don't know that sport well enough, <laughs> but he's on a very short list of people who would be in that category. And he's such a gracious fellow. And that's just uh, – that's just three of the uh, three of the nine. Let me run through the others real quick, Joe. All right. Um, this is wonderfully ironic. Um, Kevin Jackson was a three-time American wrestler at LSU in the mid-'80s. They dropped the wrestling program his senior year. He went to Iowa State and helped them win the national championship, became also an All-American there. Went on to become an Olympic wrestler in 1992 in Barcelona for the United States. Uh, he won gold, and that made him the first black man in the world to win wrestling gold in the Olympic Games. And he since went into coaching. And how about this? Daniel Cormier, you'll remember, was uh, an Olympic wrestler in 2004 and 2008 for the United States. His coach was Kevin Jackson. Wow. That's symmetry. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, also, Perry Clark, he was the guy who took Tulane basketball from the death penalty the three NCAA tournament appearances in four years in the early 90s. McNeese and New Iberia, New Iberia native. Kerry Joseph, great football player as a quarterback at McNeese. 19-year pro career in the NFL in Canada, in NFL Europe. He played uh, slot back. He played wing back. He played quarterback a little bit uh, uh, in Europe, but he didn't get a chance in the NFL. Went to Canada, played quarterback, became a great cup winning quarterback and uh, then went back to the NFL and played safety. Uh, pretty amazing guy. He's coaching quarterbacks for the Seattle Seahawks now. Mm-hmm. So uh, From New Iberia, tremendous all-around athlete there for the Yellow Jackets. Then Frank Monica, a name in South Louisiana football that uh, stands among a very elite class. In fact, he's coached three state championships at different schools. Lutcher and St. Charles, two of those three, right off the bat. Um then Ray Seville from Sunset, another Acadian area guy. You know, Breeders' Cup winning thoroughbred jockey, uh, ranks among the winningest all-time jockeys in the sports history, and also so well-regarded nationally. Uh, he won one of the most prestigious awards, voted upon the jockeys themselves, called the George Wolf Award uh, at the end of his career. Just highly respected gentleman there. And then a last, uh, uh, an outside honor, but he is a Hall of Fame inductee, we are presenting our next uh, Louisiana Sports Ambassador Award. We did one in 2020, the inaugural. We went to Tim Brando, the longtime network broadcaster, still working out there, and has done such a great job representing Louisiana by word and deed. Well, here's another guy. Wilbur Ellis at Grambling was a baseball coach there for 30 years, has continued to be active in the college baseball world as a site supervisor for the NCAA and other ways. He's in the Coaches Hall of Fame for college baseball, well, all of baseball, in fact. And he is a very influential and impactful person in North Louisiana, in Lincoln Parish, for Grambling as a university, for Grambling as a community, and uh, is just a beautiful man. And he is the personifies an ambassador award. Uh, so he is our second ever recipient of the ambassador award. So that's the core of our group. That's nine people 
uh, two of whom are definitely from right there in Acadiana. And and that's awesome. And I'd love to see Acadiana represented. Um, of course, as as folks listening, as you very well know, I'm from the Natchitoches area. Natchitoches very near and dear to my heart. But the folks of South Louisiana, I think, have done so much to really represent the state in a lot of ways. And and I know that going to the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, you can see Acadiana represented very well in not just in this class, but across the board. Uh, Doug, you mentioned the eligibility thing. Like this is the very first year that that Drew Brees is eligible. What are those eligibility requirements for those who are wondering, like, why is my favorite athlete or coach or or, or whoever not in the Hall of Fame? Maybe uh, they haven't been out of the sport long enough. What what's what are these eligibility requirements? Joe, there is a clock that ticks, and uh, it's ahead of the clock. Say, for example, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, for the Baseball Hall of Fame, for the uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all five years out of competition. We have a three-year clock. So Drew's been retired for three years as of 2024. So he's eligible for the class of 2024. Same thing with Simone. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Daniel. And, um, uh, you know, but we have many others who've been retired for much longer than that who just have you know, not gotten chosen because the competition is so strong. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just painful every year after we elect who gets in to realize who didn't get elected. And you can take the football category, for example, uh, there were 41 football players on our ballot. Over half of them had been to a Pro Bowl, at least one. Some as many as four and are not in yet. And some may never get in. That's just how strong football is in our state. Um, Just Terribly challenging choices for the committee. This is a month-long selection process. We narrow it down from 149 down to uh, roughly 50. This year it was 46 finalists. And then we go into the room, and we met actually in um, uh, Scott this year mm-hmm. um, at the Lions Club building on a Sunday afternoon. And we go through each category and allow for discussion of any candidate that uh, anybody in the room wants to talk about, and then we vote. And we vote in a style like an old political convention back before they were brokered. And then you, you went around the room, and um, whoever had the most points, we had a point threshold, basically the two-thirds of the amount of points in the room. And here's what's really challenging, Joe. Mm-hmm. So you're voting. It's not like you can vote for, okay, I think these 15 really should go in. Uh, not, you can't vote for eight at a time. Mm-hmm. We have a list. We have a bank ballot of five slots, and you have to put only five names on your ballot. And then the, your first place vote gets five points. Your second place vote gets four points. And so this year the threshold, because we had near perfect attendance, was a hundred points. Wow! And we had some candidates who bumped up in the seventies and the eighties mm-hmm. who didn't get in. Um, as we went through, you go through a round, and okay, so and so is elected. Drew was elected by acclamation. We didn't have to vote on him. We just yeah. put Drew reason. Everybody agreed he should go in. Mm-hmm. Simone, same thing. Um, and then after that, it was you know, several rounds of voting and discussion. Different people got in at different times. doesn't matter. They got in. Mm-hmm. And there are so many others that got a lot of votes and just didn't have enough this time. And it's so interesting, Joe, from year to year that people – uh, get tremendous support for a couple of years and then kind of fade a little bit. And some people who haven't gotten a lot of support for several years all of a sudden rise to the fore. 
Walter Imahara last year was a great case of that, the great wrestler back in the SLI Bulldog days. Mm-hmm. I led um, the Bulldogs, now the Raging Cajuns, to an NCAA championship in 1957 in weightlifting. Weightlifting, I said, I said wrestling because we have two wrestlers. And, um, you know, he, he didn't get much support for years and years. And then some new information came to light. It was presented well. Mm-hmm. And last year, at 86 years old, he got elected. and was one of the most gracious inductees we've ever had. Walter Davis, um, a great Olympic uh, triple jumper from from uh, Onnettville, actually from Leonville. He said, I'm from Leonville now. <laughs> and uh, same thing. He had gotten support through the years more than, than uh, Walter had, Walter A. Mahara. But um, – uh, Walter Davis had a surge of support last year, and, and, and we were so glad to induct him. What a great addition to the Hall of Fame. So it's a fascinating process. It's a frustrating process. It's exhilarating to celebrate those who get elected, and it's just exasperating to realize who's still out there, who's so very deserving. And uh, just by the sheer concept of what we do, going back to 1950 when this concept was first launched by folks who eventually formed the Louisiana Sports Writers Association, which is the parent organization. Not everybody should get in. We're very selective. In fact, they said at some years, nobody should get in. That's how exclusive it should be. Mm-hmm. We are not doing that, but we could very easily induct 2025 a year, and we're just never going to do that. Uh, Doug Ireland uh, with the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Doug, before we go, uh, one question, and I know because this is near and dear to your heart, how important is it for an organization like this Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame to to be there to make these nominations, to bring people in, uh, to induct these people in? How important is that for the state of Louisiana? Well, we're celebrating excellence in Louisiana. It happens to be in the sports category, but so many of these people do so many wonderful things that go outside the sports world. You know, they do great things in the community. They do things to help people. They set examples to follow. Um, and, 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 and they represent our state uh, in an exemplary fashion. So we're celebrating excellence year after year after year. And it's, it's, it's across all realms of sport. You know, we've, we're inducting wrestlers in 2024 in MMA artists for the first time. And we're, we're doing, um, you know, we did a, uh, weightlifter and Walter last year. We track and field athletes, jockeys. We transcend sport. We could just like football players and have a heck of a Hall of Fame. We could just like basketball players and have a heck of a Hall of Fame. But mm-hmm. we touch all realms of sport. And when you think about the impact of sport on our culture, on our identity in Louisiana, uh, when it comes to sports on the national level, Louisiana takes a back seat to no other state. And I think when you look at Louisiana, we, we, we have such incredible culture. We have such wonderful music. We have incredible food. We have the most hospitable people. Jay Darden's got a great list of things that Louisiana is so good at, uh, so remarkable. And when it comes to sports, that's on its list because you can go almost in every sport and say, well, look, in football, all these folks are from Louisiana, from basketball, baseball, uh, horse racing, 15 of the top 80 jockeys all time in the sport of horse racing are from Louisiana, and most of those are from Acadiana, including Ray Seville Doug and Ireland. De La Hussie, of course. Doug Ireland with the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Doug, thank you very much. I look forward to talking to you again. I know as we uh, get closer and closer to the actual induction, I want to get you back on and, and talk a little bit more about what you guys do. But thank you very much for coming on letting us know uh, 
this induct this inductee class and really especially the impact of Acadiana on it? Yeah, it's it's profound because the impact of Acadiana on our state in general and certainly on sports in particular is profound. And I also want to encourage, as you know, Joe, uh, starting really uh, now until the end of the year is a great time to come visit uh, Niagara. There's so many cool things happening, mm-hmm. including the Festival of Lights uh, from the week after Thanksgiving on. Uh, until the end of the year to come see the lights in Natchitoches. Well, come see the museum. Six dollars to get in, and it's 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 well worth it, as you've said. And we've just refreshed a lot of our exhibits to celebrate our tenth anniversary. Uh, school groups, if they're arranged in advance, they're free. So uh, look at LA Sports Hall, LASportsHall dot com. Doug, thank you very much, Doug Ireland, with the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Appreciate it always. I've got to take this break. Doug, thank you very much. We will be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. But first, your pest of the day. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a quick minute to to reset here because – I'm going to hop into a break. We ran a little long with Doug, but Doug is Doug is one of the most uh, knowledgeable people in Louisiana sports history. I could talk to him probably for three, four hours and not even scratch the surface of all the stuff that he could say about Louisiana sports. It's always a delight to have Doug on. Uh, we're going to take a break shortly, but before we get there, there's a post-debate poll that came out, and I want to read just two numbers to you, a question and two numbers. If Donald Trump was found guilty and imprisoned following one of the trials, who would you vote for between Trump and Biden? Trump gets 36% of the vote. Joe Biden gets 46%. In other words, of voters who are concerned about Donald Trump's indictments and the potential that he is a felon or whatever, still... More than half of Americans don't support Joe Biden. That's a problem for Joe Biden and the Democrats. Now, let's go ahead and take a break, because when we come back, I want to take a moment and I want to honor a conservative icon who has passed away today. That's your tease. I will be back in a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, honoring a conservative icon when we get back. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or use the KPL app chat to let your voice be part of the program. Be heard. I like to talk with you guys. Shout out to Scott. Shout out to Blaine, who have already checked in on the app today. You guys have listened to the news all day. You've listened to KPL all day. You know that we've lost a conservative icon today. At the age of 90 years old, the U.S. Senate lost Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein. Some of you may be confused. How is she a conservative icon? She was a progressive Democrat. She was a trailblazer for progressive women in the Senate. She was a lifelong, devoted Democrat. Well, she's also 
a conservative icon. Dianne Feinstein is the reason Roe versus Wade got overturned. Well, that's not exactly fair. She shares that responsibility with another conservative icon, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But Dianne Feinstein, on the Judiciary Committee, was given complaints that would later form the basis of the Christine Blasey Ford allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. And she sat on them. She didn't bring them forward in a timely manner. She tried to hold them until it was politically expedient and as a result completely botched the Democrats' pushback against Kavanaugh. And it angered a lot of Republicans so much that a lot of moderate Republicans Jeff Flake, uh, Susan Collins, several of the others stood by Brett Kavanaugh. It's very likely that Brett Kavanaugh would not have made it through the Senate to the Supreme Court were it not for Dianne Feinstein. And if we hadn't gotten Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court, we probably wouldn't have gotten rid of Roe versus Wade. And then Ruth Bader Ginsburg held on to her seat for far longer than she should have and died in the middle of Donald Trump's term, giving him the ability to nominate a third Supreme Court justice, solidifying the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So we do need to take a moment, say a prayer for the repose of the soul, but to thank Dianne Feinstein and Ruth Bader Ginsburg for the work that they did in overturning Roe versus Wade. I'm being completely serious there. Dianne Feinstein, who spent way too long in the Senate, and it was really sad. I, I, I called the, them repeatedly trotting out Joe Biden elder abuse. What they were doing to Dianne Feinstein was arguably worse. She was known to have dementia, and her staff still trotted her out for votes, votes she wasn't even aware half the time that she was making, it seemed. I'm still not convinced they wouldn't bring her out for a scheduled vote on a continuing resolution this weekend if they get one through the House. She was in there far too long. It was elder abuse, what her staff was doing. She should have been made to step down. She was there far too long. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was there far too long. But because of those two trailblazing progressive women, Conservatives got their biggest win in the Supreme Court in decades. So we do need to take a moment and honor them. Now, for the rest of the news of the day, speaking of continuing resolutions, the latest attempt by Kevin McCarthy to get a continuing resolution passed through the House has failed. They're going to try again tomorrow. The problem here is that the conservative holdouts don't seem to have a plan. Now, I'm not a fan of Kevin McCarthy. I think he's waited until the 11th hour to try to get something through, and as a result, it's utter chaos in the House right now. 
But the holdouts, Matt Gates and some of the others who are just holding out because they want to poke Kevin McCarthy in the eye, they don't have a plan. And what they're ultimately going to do is they're going to get moderate Republicans to go side with Democrats and get the 218 votes they need and pass through a very liberal contending resolution that will go much longer than November 17th. They'll have effectively pushed the budgeting process back to the left because they didn't have a plan coming in. The House Freedom Caucus had a plan. A lot of the conservatives affiliated with the House Freedom Caucus were okay with a continuing resolution through November so they could get appropriations bills passed. But the conservative holdouts who want a government shutdown, and by the way, I'm not against government shutdowns, but they wanted a government shutdown for the sake of government shutdowns. They didn't have a plan. They just wanted a a shutdown and to poke McCarthy in the eye. Matt Gaetz wants to position himself to run for governor of Florida and all of that. It's led to problems. And now the Republicans look like they don't have a plan. That's the state of play. We will wrap up the show here in just a few minutes. Kind of a shortened show, of course. We've got Friday Night Football tonight here on KPL. We will wrap up the show after this break. The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number. Before we get out of here, need to let you know, it's the last work day of the month. The month closes out tomorrow. Paychecks should be in. You might need something to do this weekend. I recommend you go to SeizeTheDeal.com. Here's why. You want to take the family out to eat? You want to take the family out to do something this weekend? You got options. Pizza Amore over in Karen Crow. Fantastic restaurant. $7.50 on Seize the Deal will get you a $15 e-voucher to Pizza Amore. $7.50 will get you a $15 instant voucher to Pizza Artista. $12.50 $12.50 will get you a $25 gift certificate to La Pizzeria Lafayette. And that's just if you're hungry. If you want to take the kids out to do something, $25 will get you a $50 Acadiana Action Card for arcade and bumper cars at Acadiana Lanes. Y'all, there's so much to check out over at SeizeTheDeal.com. Make sure you click on the Lafayette Market, find these deals, and do something with the family this weekend. It's a new month. Fall's here. Things are even getting a little cooler out there, you know? Go out, do something fun. All right, before we go, of course, tonight, Friday night football. Got some great football this weekend as well. I'm extremely excited. Uh, there's a lot to enjoy this weekend, but it all starts tonight here on KPL over on Classic Rock 105. Uh, throughout throughout the market. We've got a lot of great football games for you to check out. I recommend you stick around because it's going to be great. Tomorrow, great football. Sunday, great football. And then it's Monday again. Monday in a new month. Fall is here. October feels a lot more fall than November, uh, than September. And I think, in fact, we might even be getting some decent weather in all that, too. It, it We may be getting out of the 90s, finally. Thank you heavens. But I'm excited to just kind of sit in the chair and watch football all day tomorrow. That's that's I love fall. I love watching college football all day. Okay. So, I'm going to go do that. You guys do whatever you want to this weekend. Maybe check out seesthedeal.com. Look at some of those really cool deals that are up there now. I'll be back on Monday. On Monday, We have a special guest. Tax assessor candidate Walter Campbell will be in the studio for the first half of the show 
on Monday to talk about his race, why he's a candidate there. Tuesday, his opponent, Justin Santani, will be on the air with me. So we will have coverage of your tax assessment race. We'll have coverage of all the races here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You don't want to miss it. Find me on social media. Go check out the podcast version of the show wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back real soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.